everyone to Oh Come On Sports. Oh, come on. With Jesse and Mike. It is August 28th. Um, our episode this week is going to be on fantasy football. So this past weekend was the busiest weekend for drafting. Um, ourselves, our draft is on Labor Day Monday. We do it as close to the season as possible because of... It makes sense? Yes, because it makes sense. And uh, also of things like Andrew Luck retiring on Saturday while we were at a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't could just, you imagine yeah. drafting him earlier in the day? I don't know and, why anyone drafts earlier than they have to. I mean, even little things like Josh Gordon being reinstated. All these things yeah. have been happening. Like, I think the... Wait till the last minute. The earliest you should draft is is like this past weekend. That's yeah. the absolute earliest. And even then, that is sketchy, obviously, with the news of Andrew Luck. Lots of people drafted Luck in the morning before yes. that news was announced. Uh, I saw one guy had on his roster, he had Andrew Luck and Lamar Miller, because that all happened. Oh, yeah. yeah, and I was yeah. just like, oh, no, your whole team. Uh, I think I saw a video from O.J. Simpson. I think O.J. Simpson drafted Luck and wasn't happy with it. So Luck should watch his back. Yeah, exactly. Uh, hit us up on... Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. The glove didn't fit, Mike. The glove didn't fit. You must acquit. Yes, right. Uh, hit us up on social media on Twitter at come on at oh come on or at sporty rants and Facebook uh, oh come on sports. Um, so to start, uh, the biggest news of the week: Andrew Luck retires after seven seasons. I think it was seven, right? Seven, eight. Let's say approximately seven. Somewhere in there. <laughs> Threw for almost twenty-four thousand yards. Had one hundred seventy-one TDs to eighty or. Uh, to 83 uh, interceptions. Um, the whole reason he retired is kind of like what happened with Gronk. Uh, injuries just sapped his love of the game. Yeah. And he was in a constant state of rehab uh, or getting injured, reha- or healing, rehab, to try to get ready to play football. And he just didn't love what he did anymore, so he decided to step away. And I got mad respect for that, man. There's not a lot of guys that would... Um, make that hard decision just to step away for something they've played their entire life, basically. Right. And I, I, I totally respect him for his decision. I, as a fan, he was one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league to watch. Yeah, so, yeah. so selfishly, I'm going to miss watching him. But you can't blame anyone for doing that for the betterment of their health and their family. And, of course, he took a lot of flack on Twitter from all these idiots that are saying, you know, someone, Doug Gottlieb, I think, said this is such a millennial thing to do. And I'm just like, come on, man. Like, yeah, you're, you're yeah. just looking for attention. You're just looking for That's clicks. it. You know, people calling him out for that. It's just like, you know what? You're... You're not the ones that are um, that are out there getting hit from 300 pound D linemen coming at you that fast. Like, yeah, you know, you, you can say what you want on your keyboard, but it's it's completely different. Uh, actually, Ross Tucker, uh, who used to be, I believe, a, a used to play with the Buffalo Bills. I believe yeah. he was a lineman. Could be wrong on that. He had an interview on Jim Rome, and he's like, um, he made some really good points about how um, nobody knows what these guys go through. No. Um, and for people to come out like the the Colts fans to boo him as he was walking off the field, that was incredible. Uh, that to was me. that was classless. I couldn't believe uh, that. I know they're angry, you know, because you default to supporting your team. But man, like it's not like he's just like um, quitting or or just like not like would you would would you have preferred him just string you along for the entire year mm-hmm. and then retire at the end of it right yeah and and just be constantly you know week to week with these nagging little injuries with a shin and like i've heard shin and ankle and all kinds of different stuff yeah 
It's 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 tough, but you're seeing more and more players that I think are doing this. I, it's rare to have a guy like a Tom Brady or even an Aaron Rodgers, like yeah. or a Ben Roethlisberger, like yeah, guys that last that long. We, yeah. We've talked a lot about this when we talk about running backs coming out of college, how their career is almost done by the time they get drafted. I mean, I think we're probably, I think it happens a lot with running backs, but I think we're overlooking the fact that it happens with a lot of these guys, yep. other than quarterbacks, probably. Yep. That uh, the 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 whole spectrum of their career is shifted. It's uh, like Calvin Johnson retired early right. uh, at the age of 30. Uh, Barry Sanders at the age of 31. That's right, yeah. Um, you had Gronk retire at the age of 29. Um, there was had, the, the linebacker from San Francisco who was even younger. Yeah, I think he was in his early 20s. Uh, Chris Borland. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. of concussions. He was worried about that. Uh, yep. Patrick Willis retired young also. Um, you know, I think we, we tend to forget that it is a game, but it's also a business. And for them, it's a livelihood. And like Andrew Luck's made a hundred million to this point, right? Like he set himself up for, and he's got an architecture it's, degree it's from like Sanford. Like he's yeah. got this guy's got a life ahead of football, and you know you can't blame him for <laughs> wanting to look out for that. Yeah, exactly. It's just uh, I'm with Mike. It's going to be sad that we're not going to be able to see him on Sundays because he was a lot of fun to watch, especially because the Colts have finally put a team around him. Like he only got sacked 18 times last year. That's where I think that's and where all the just vitri- like, I think that's where it. the the vitriol is coming from the fans right now because they believe they were a Super Bowl contender with Andrew Luck. Yeah. And they're not with Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. Um, the weird thing is, is that I I remember hearing um, like an interview or like a like a thing on Twitter that um, uh, a beat writer asked Jim Mersey like, like about Jacoby Brissett. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we wouldn't trade him for a first round pick. And... Um, like, which is kind of crazy for, yeah. like, a backup. Like, why wouldn't you take... Yeah. Like, if you get him that kind of offer, like, wouldn't you take it? Like, does it... Like, it kind of made me think, is, like, did the Colts have an inkling or had, like, there been talk in previous seasons of Luck being like, man, I'm just tired of this, especially with the whole Maybe. shoulder injury from two years ago? Maybe. And they're like, you know what? We need to we need to keep this backup because you never know. Yeah. And, and another reason, they didn't spend all that cap space they had. Everyone talked about how they were going to go out and just, like, spend money like crazy, yeah. and they didn't. I wonder. Like, did yeah, they, I wonder did they if they have Luck a feeling. Gave them like, some indication that this could happen. Yeah. I mean, another thing when I hear Jim Irsay say that, I wonder if he's maybe into the cough syrup a little bit too, because I would have, I would have taken a first round for Jacoby Brissett yeah, exactly. and tried to replace him with a, a, a quarterback that but, that might be better than him. But you know what? Um, you look now, and for backup QBs, Jacoby Brissett's one of the best backup QBs. And there, and there is something to be said. He's been in their system for a while, right. so you do you do that have to take now, that into consideration. Granted, as a starting QB, he's ranked, what, 25th out of 32 starters in the league? Right, right? yeah. But on the backup, backup spectrum, he's probably the best one out there. Fair enough. So, And I mean, I, I kind of look, since this is a fantasy football episode, I look at it from a perspective of, uh, oh, all of a sudden, T.Y. Hilton's value is significantly less. Yep. And pretty much the rest of the weapons around him. I don't think Ebron's going to be as good. I mean, I know he's going to need a safety valve, but I, I don't know who that's going to be on that team. Um, yeah, Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle, might, Jack Doyle might be the only guy that holds his value switching from Locke to Brissett. Yep. Um, in my opinion. Marlon Mack might take a, a dive now too because they're... They're going to uh, focus on the run more. Well... Possibly. Oh, but his value was when they, were, when they had leads. And now are they right. going to have the leads they have that he can run out the clock, right? And he's not a great pass catching back, so I don't know. That's the same reason that I'm not convinced that Derrick Henry is a, a good player because when are they going to have the lead in order to use him? Four, it's going to be a constant. Four weeks. Deion Lewis. Four weeks don't make a fucking running back. Man. No, like no. Derrick Henry. Um, yeah, yeah, no good. Yeah. No good. 
Um, oh, sorry. One thing you were saying about uh, just to comment on Gronk too. Uh, I don't know if you saw. He gave. He was doing a speech. Uh, for a company, and he talked about how he was a cannabis company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was great too, because that's something that we the the NFL needs to be accepting of these cannabis companies. Like the the one that he was repping was talking about CBD specifically. So that's an yep. oil or a pill that you eat that doesn't have any that doesn't make you high. It's not like smoking a joint, but it's very good for your health. Yep. And these players could be helped out by that. But the NFL is having such a hard time because the amount of opiates prescribed by the by the NFL is astounding and you know they don't want to. They don't want to get rid of that business. It's a lot of politics that go it's, into it. It's crazy too because you look. So now they've lost Gronk, which was a great ambassador for the game. He yeah. was everywhere. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Luck, one of your top quarterbacks, also an ambassador for the game, and you've lost them both within the span of eight months. Mm-hmm. And now I'm not saying that CBD would have kept them in the game longer. I don't know. It has to be an option though. But if it was an option, would they have? Like I don't know exactly. You know. And, yeah. Think of the think of the the press and the the, the promotions that the NFL has lost because they've lost Gronk. Like who's taking Gronk's place? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Jason Kelsey's. A, I mean, I'm just looking at Travis the other Kelsey. position. Yeah. Pardon me. Uh, Jason Kelsey's a center, but yeah, Travis Kelsey. But he's not the type of guy. Gronk, Gronk is a bigger than life personality. Yes. Yes. That, that is also wholesome. Believe it or not. I mean, he, he says some crude things. He like jokes when he says the number sixty nine and laughs. Yeah. And but he's but he's wholesome compared to what a lot of the the NFL goes through. Yeah. When you talk about like a Tyree Kill or something, but the NFL needs to get on board with cannabis being an option for these players because it's taken way too long. Guys started advocating for. This back in the probably the early two thousands, Ricky Williams. R- well, Ricky Williams for sure. Ricky Williams just wanted to smoke it because that's what he liked to do. But other guys are talking, and, and I'm fine. He, with, he I'm, was the one I keep on remembering. I remember I, him leaving, and I'm totally fine with that too. But he was he was an odd ball. I love Ricky Williams. Don't get me wrong. I have nothing wrong with him. But like guys that are talking about it for their health, like Jake Plummer was one of the first guys that yep. I heard talk about it for his health. Uh, Kyle Shirley, the offensive lineman, was big on that. Arian Foster, another guy who retired early, he was big on that. So uh, the the NFL needs to get their shit together as far as these uh, health treatments goes. Yes. Can't, can't just be giving opiates to these guys. Exactly. You get uh, you get what you've gotten so far. And you know what? If you if you try to get out ahead of it a little bit, maybe it's not going to cost you so much in the end when they're right. retired. Yeah. You know, if if they can manage their their mm-hmm. health better while they're playing. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So. Best of luck to Andrew Luck in all his future endeavors. I'm sure he's just going to... I don't know what he's going to do. I bet you, he bet you just becomes a fucking architect and just does that. I bet you he's going to have eight or nine kids, probably. Yeah. I just got, see him as that type of... So, I see him as a Philip Rivers type. So he was he was married, I guess, this last year, and he's got a kid on the way. Yeah. And, and as we both know, having a kid on the way, it, it changes your priorities. And mm. I think that did play a factor. He just sat there and For said... Sure. Shit, it's not worth it, man. Well, you, and all of a sudden you start thinking, you're like, oh my god, ten years down, you know, three or four years down the road, I still want to be able to lift this kid and play with this kid. Yeah. And if I'm already feeling the way I do now, and mentally it's draining on me, maybe I'm a little depressed because of it. All of it, all of that creates for a bad situation for your family. Yep. Um, transitioning to, we're bringing, I'm bringing it back, the donkey of the week. The donkey. Uh, yes, yes. Who's the donkey? It's uh, the NFL. And, uh, but we love the NFL. The NFL and their ins- insistence on having preseason games, and especially in, in Canada, that the what oh, happened with the Packers God, that was and the bad. Raiders. <laughs> oh my God! So this is just—I'm just going to rattle off a bunch of facts, and then we'll talk after, just because it just gets more <laughs> ridiculous as I read it off. So the Raiders, when when the NFL released its preseason schedule the Raiders did not have a stadium 
Okay. They did not have a lease. Gotcha. So they had, and then they they looked and they said, "Holy shit, we got a home game for week three. We don't have a we don't have a stadium." So they they put out feelers to outsource to another stadium. They couldn't find anywhere in the states that would take them. And then they found a company named uh, On Ice Entertainment that uh, that said, "Yeah, we could take on this." And they went and approached uh, the Rough Riders. And the Blue Bombers. Okay. To see what the availability would be for that weekend if, if it could work. Right. The Rough Riders said, no. We have a, a CFL game the week before. There's no way it could be ready. And then I guess they had a uh, home, they'll have a home game shortly after that. There's just the logistics of changing the field to change it back. Well, it wasn't was happening. Much. The Blue Bombers said they could do it. And they had a game the week before, a home game. but And then they had a soccer game on the Monday. So they, Holy. So On Ice Entertainment, who was in charge of doing the field and, and hiring the crew and everything, right. only had four days to get ready for this game. Hmm. That that part blows my mind. Like, the, the thing you, you could pull this off with four days just was ridiculous. Also... They saw the money. A Raiders home game in Winnipeg... It, like, why wouldn't you go up to Vancouver? Why wouldn't you reach out to them? But I guess... It makes a little more sense to be on the West you know, Coast, but... Yeah. So, they drew uh, just uh, just under 22,000 fans. Uh, the stadium holds uh, 33,000. That's still better than I thought they were going to do based on the early ticket sale numbers. The tickets range between $75 to $375 Canadian for wow. a preseason game. Preseason. And just south of them in Minnesota, they were offering tickets to a preseason game for $11 American. <laughs> So, like right there, the promoter is just trying to gouge people for and sure. build this as a once in a lifetime thing. And like, I feel bad for the people that bought these tickets. Now, I wonder from that perspective, is that the on ice people, the people from that company on ice, or is this the Winnipeg football team? No, no, they have nothing to do with the Winnipeg really? football team. Really? Okay, okay. No. So this is all this the, third the Winnipeg, party company. The Winnipeg football or the uh, that whole thing is like True North is something. Uh, right. And, that. and they also so, own the Jets, do they? Yeah, something like that. Right, okay. So, so that, that's ice, not associated. On okay. Ice is not associated. It's like a they, third party brokerage yes, firm, yes, exactly. basically, that's brokerage, doing the work. Pr- promoter thing. Yeah, okay. Um, I feel bad for some of the guys, like, because I could just imagine that, like, they're thinking in their head, like, I know it's preseason, but it's the third game when the starters usually play. Uh, my kid's a huge uh, Aaron, Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers fan, or he's a huge Antonio Brown fan, and they're coming to town. Uh, we'll get them for at least a quarter. Yeah, the prices are, are crazy, but I don't think I'll ever be able to go to an NFL game, so I'm going to pay it. Right. And then shit just goes sideways. So they had to play on an 80-yard field because of the patches where the goalposts po- goal were. Because right. they had to move them back because CFL goalposts are at the beginning of the end zone, NFL's at the back. Of course. Um they had they had like patches on it, and they had the teams concerned, especially the Packers. The Packers were not having it. I think the their Ra- concern is you step on this patch, it slips, you twist an ankle, whatever. Tear an ACL, yeah, exactly. Or Much worse. Um, uh, the Raiders, I don't think they really cared because they play on a fucking ball diamond. They don't. <laughs> like, they're yeah, just they like, had to watch out for the pitcher's mound. Yeah, they're just like fucking like it is what it is. Kickoffs were eliminated because obviously on an eighty-yard field, it just doesn't make sense. Okay. Um, uh, looking here, blah blah blah. So, On Ice Entertainment was in charge of the field, had a crew of 650 people, and a budget of just over one million to convert the field and do wow. all the signage and stuff. They had that much of a budget to move pylons in. Yeah, and they still did a pretty shit job. And what, what had happened was, 
they brought in the NFL goalposts, which I guess are different than the CFL ones. I did not know this. I thought I thought both goalposts were the same. Are but they more narrow? Yeah, the NFL are more yeah. narrow than the CFL ones. Yeah. I did not know that. Um, so they had to dig out the CFL goalposts and fill the hole with concrete. They took out one of the goalposts, and it, the 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 fucking divot was five feet deep. Of course, like, what <laughs> did they think? And they filled it with concrete, and they didn't finish it properly, and there was like a bump, and that's why they put the patch, and the patch had a bump. Oh my god! So it wasn't finished properly, and they didn't have time to go in and like break it up and do it again because they only had so many days, right? And now the bombers are gonna have to break this out before they put their goalposts back. Yes, in? yes. Are you kidding me? Yes. What a mess! Hey. What a this is amateur hour. Like I could have grabbed a crew of twenty guys to do this. Oh my god! And and the CEO of On Ice obviously not but. John Graham. <laughs> uh, he criticized that that uh, he was uh, basically submarined by everything by biased articles leading up to the game. And that's what led to low ticket sales and everything. Like, it wasn't the fact that you were charging $375 right. for a preseason fucking game. Yeah, that couldn't possibly be your fault. And he, and he keeps on spinning it that it was a once-in-a-lifetime event. And I'm like, man, you went no, and you, tried to, you yeah. tried to gouge. Yeah. And you, you misplayed your hand. Um, but I think, like, like the donkey, the, the true donkey of this is the NFL. Like, if, if the field is no good... You gotta cancel the game, man. Yeah, this is your product that's being out they there. They canceled a Hall of Fame game two years ago because the field wasn't up to up to snuff. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you cancel it and then give give every like you're the fucking NFL? You got tons of money. Give everyone. There's only twenty one thousand people there. Yeah. Give them vouchers to go to a Packers game or something, yeah. or or a Vikings game somewhere close, like mm-hmm. or like like a five hundred dollar stipend. You know, like sorry, you know this sucks or. Or be like, we're going to come back uh, next year for a game and we'll do this properly and you guys will all have free tickets to the event and we'll get you to meet the players. And, yeah. Like, like, do some fucking, like... like um, uh, Work it out. Don't just have your yeah. product out there flailing. Yeah, like, do some... Um, like crowd, not crowd control, that's not the right word, but like do some damage control. Damage control, yes. Yeah. And and make the people happy. Like people were pissed coming out of that game. Well, Because they're just like, what the, f- we paid $375 for front row seats and we got an 80 yard football game with no starters playing. Yeah. Yes, I paid 375 to see Tim Boyle throw the ball. Come on. And the problem is when you start your prices at that, that high of a level and people have already purchased them at that level, you can't just later reduce the price in order to sell more tickets. Because now the did. people that paid three seventy five are going to be pissed that someone sitting beside them paid one seventy five. Yeah, and, and that's what had happened. They they ended up reducing it a week before to, to bump up the to bump up the attendance. Yeah. And yeah, people were pissed. Uh, you just... You gotta be... On Ice Entertainment, I think, just was in way over their heads. Well, they bit off way more they, than they can yeah, chew. If they, they had, had a 600-man crew and a million dollars to change that field and they did what they did, like you can't even put some flat cement in there, you can't even level off the cement once you fill that hole, yeah. like they're just they're just trying to pull it off by the skin of their teeth and it sounds like amateur hour. Yep, that's exactly what it sounds like. So, uh, NFL, like get your shit together. On Ice Entertainment, I don't think they'll get another promotion of that size after this might, debacle. Might want to change your name. Yes, Exactly. Um and Raiders maybe have a stadium that would also help. That's that would be good too for yeah. for one of the richest franchises in the world. These guys have trouble doing everything because the problem is they don't have any liquid money. Yeah. Their franchise is valued at a billion dollars and they have no liquid cash that they yep. can use. It's ridiculous. It's just such a ridiculous, uh, ridiculous situation. And 
I was watching this because uh, this happened. Um, what was it two weeks ago? Yeah, because this is or last week. Yeah, ten days ago, yeah. and I'm just wa- like I was just reading up on this, and I just could not. It felt like, oh, like, this is ridiculous. They can't get any worse than this. And then, like, I would go to the next article, and I'm like, oh, my God, there's more to this story. And wow. this is the dumbest thing I've ever read. I'm glad you laid it out like that, because I just watched the highlights on TV. I'm like, oh, this was dumb. This was a fail. Like, what yeah, happened here? Yeah. But that, that actually paints a pretty interesting picture. They sh- the NFL should have canceled the game. The, the fact that they tried to go through with it, it's because they wanted the money. That's what they want. They saw 21,000 people in the seats, and they're like, well, we'll take the money. And it was the wrong decision. And the NFL should come back, or the Raiders should do something to make those people happy, because that was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, now we're going to talk some fantasy football, bust sleepers, strategy. What what are you calling your value picks? Value picks. picks. The same as strategy. We'll go with that. (laughs) (laughs) And what was... What did you call risky business? What was your oh your ri- oh uh, risky studs? Risky studs. There we go. There I just go. I just abandoned all the regular vernacular and made up my own stupid <laughs> terms for it. But it, you know we're hashtagging that. We're gonna own that. We're gonna copyright it. Yeah, I feel risky. like we might. I feel like we might be mixed in with some other hashtags. We want to. Don't want to be mixed studs. in with. Okay, so I did kickers and defense. Mike did not. So I will just run through this quick. Because why would you? I because I'm crazy. I'm not going to lie. Actually, the defense I am on board with, I just forgot to do it. The kickers are just whatever. Whatever. Uh, so, kickers, uh, bust. Now, this, like, kickers are taken late. So, it's not a bust, but I think it's a guy you should avoid. And I've seen he's being drafted. Uh, don't I wouldn't draft Mason Crosby. Um, the last two years, he's had a 78 and 81% success rate with field goals, which is not good in today's NFL. Like, kickers yeah. usually are routinely in the, in the mid-90s. So and they must be just straight drafting on his name because that's just a. That's ter- a if you're drafting that guy, you're. That's you're just, exactly yeah. it. He missed four in one game last year. He should have been released after that game, right? And they kept him because the the Packers are all about loyalty and stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. But don't draft him. Uh, one guy I like uh, is Robbie Gold. He's got a new extension in San Francisco. Uh, Jimmy G is healthy. Hopefully, if he stays healthy, the offense will be better. And the last two years, he's he's kicked ninety five and ninety seven percent field goal conversion rate. He is good. That's that's pretty good. Um, Nothing. Yeah, I agree. Know, I agree with all that. It's just like when you're picking who your kicker is on any given Sunday, it's just it's a it's a crap. Shoot. Nobody has a clue. It's and, ridiculous. And that's if you draft. Right. If you draft a kicker. If you don't draft a kicker, I totally get it. I, I would like, recommend not. See, I do because for me, it's like. I only take him in the last round of the fantasy draft. Yeah. And it's like, who else would I'm going to take in that last round? And then I'm going to have to drop them to pick up a kicker anyways. Especially with how late we draft. True. So I'm like, well, I pick who I want facing in week one. That's it. There you go. But they're all interchangeable. Whatever. You know, just don't... Never take a kicker before the last round. Ever. That makes no sense at all. Um, I wouldn't. And at I, all. And, I, and unless you like a guy like... I mean, was Steven Goskowski draft, draftable when he was doing good? Maybe Adam, Adam Vinatieri in his prime? Yes. I don't even know if those guys were. They, they were good, but like maybe you take them with the first pick of the last round. Like, sure. be, You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the value, it's like kind of like quarterbacks. Like even, the, the, even then, I'm trying to hit on a flyer with that last pick, and I'll find a, I'll find a kicker later. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to hit on a running back or a wide receiver flyer at that point. Uh, so for defense, uh, I only did looking at the first two weeks because I think the strategy with defense too is I take him in the second last round 
and because um, you're going to be playing matchups throughout the year just because yeah. you draft the Bears defense, which is nuts, by the way. They're going like in the ninth round. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's, it's pretty high for me. That, that's just fucking crazy because everyone's counting on them being just as good as last year. They lost their defensive coordinator. Vic Fangio is now the head coach of Denver. Right. Like, I don't... And they lost guys from their defense because anytime you have a good defense, teams are going to poach off that because they want that success to come to their team. Mm -hmm. I just... I never reach for a defense. That's just crazy talk. Um, I would not touch the Jags D, which is... Does this uh, rankings you got show defense? It doesn't have defense on there for the So the Jags D, I think, is going, like, top three or four defense with the Rams and Chargers. Right. I wouldn't touch them because in the first two weeks they play Kansas City and Houston. Right. Like, that's an yeah. awful matchup for them. I know. You know, I wouldn't touch that. Um, for the first two weeks, now granted, um, this isn't really a sleeper, but and because it's top 4D, but the Chargers D plays Indy, which just lost uh, Andrew Luck. Right. right. And they play at Detroit, which we've heard, you know, that offense is not looking great. So that's like the team I would try to hone in on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, like that's only for two weeks. After that, you're just playing matchups. You're just trying to find waiver value, right? That's very true. I just looked up the Bears defense here. It's on this other list. It's going anywhere. The highest, according to uh, Fantasy Football Calculator, the highest it was drafted was actually in the fifth round. That's at, just, at the seventh pick, which that's just not smart to do that. That's, I don't that's care. That's shit crazy yeah. because yeah. they're. It's not you're not just it's not just one player. You're relying on a whole fucking unit. And anything can happen. And defense is is important to the, the success of your fantasy team. I don't discourage it like like picking a kicker. You actually do have to put some thought into picking your defense. But when you only have one on your team in a 12-team league, it is something you can stream. It's much like a quarterback. You can stream one. Yeah. I mean, there, there's good ones that you want to pick, but you can actually stream for the most but part. But even like, like, let's say you have the Bears D and you got them at a decent value. Yeah. When it comes to their bye week, depending on how big your bench is, are you going to hold on to them? No, right. you're going to drop them and get another D. Exactly. Like, That's why it almost makes more sense to me to pick a pick a team with a solid defense that has a great opening schedule. Like, I don't have Buffalo schedule in front of me, but I want to say it might be um, Atlanta... Green Bay and someone else, Arizona maybe or someone like that, which just it wouldn't be that bad. Like I kind of like I kind of like going that strategy as opposed yeah. to picking just a you know a solid defense. I mean the Bears are great, but if you have to waste a pick on them anywhere before your your second last Fifth pick, round yeah. is just nuts. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're gonna transition to tight ends now. What do you? What do you, I'll let Mike go first because I've just been yapping. Sure. Which one? Uh, which one do you want to start on here? Tight end. Well, whatever you want to do. All right. Well, let's go for. Um, so here, okay, so I'll start with the strategy or the value pick okay. for a tight end. And this is a little bit tricky because you can't use this guy in the first week of the season. But I really like the Jets tight end, uh, Chris Herndon. Okay. I liked what he did last year. He's a very athletic tight end. I think Darnold's going to be using him a lot. Now, like I said, there's a caveat to that. He's suspended for the first uh, four games of the season. And then I think they may have a bye. So he might not be back until week six. Ah. So that's not... It's not great if you don't have anyone else. But that's a waiver play. It is. Keep him in mind. It's, yep. it's, it's kind of a waiver play. So if you if you draft another tight end that you like, although don't do Kittle and then try to mix him with Herndon because Kittle is, is week four is his buy. And then you're going to have to drop Herndon in order to keep yes. Kittle and pick someone else. So that's the only time this won't work. But if you already have a tight end, a guy that I like for the end of the season, um, second half for sure, is Chris Herndon. Um, so... One of the things, like with my strategy that I was looking at, yeah. like I would think you'd want to look at mid-tier tight ends, like mm-hmm. the uh, the Jared Cook. Um, I'm trying to remember here. Jared Cook. We got um, 
So, so someone like Derek Cook, O.J. Howard, yeah, Hunter Evan Henry, Ingram, uh, Hunter Henry. Just because the top three guys, they're going pretty high. Uh, Kelsey's in the second round. Kittle's in the third. Ertz is in the fourth. But the other guys, like Henry Cook, McDonald, Joku. Actually, I'd avoid Joku just because of the way that offense is going. Um, but they're like sixth, seventh round. God, I don't like a lot of these guys. I'm just looking at this tight ends list. I don't like a lot of these guys. Other than the top guys, I don't like a lot of them. The the reason I say that is because in the second round, if it's between like Travis Kelsey or getting a... Let me scroll up on this bad boy here. There you go. Uh, like you look at um, you look at running backs. If it's between getting a Kelsey or like a Joe Mixon, right? Yeah. You well, know, I'd rather have Joe Mixon. Sure. Or you look at receivers. Like you look Kelsey or Mike Evans or Juju Smith Schuster. I see what you're saying guys. there. I agree with that. It's just the value play, right? For sure. Now, if you look and like on your board, uh, however you have it set up, and Kelsey's still there, but everyone else is a third rounder later. Obviously, jump on. Yeah. Or or same with Kittle or Ertz, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but that would be my strategy this year. You know. It's almost one of those things you're fortunate to have them if you have them. Like we're in a keeper league, so a lot of so those top three guys are picked, or at least the top two guys are kept. Yeah. But it's one of those things where you'd like to have them, but do you want to take a do you want to waste a draft pick that high on them? There's an argument to be said, you know, for a guy like Kelsey for sure, or you know, even Kittle had one of the best tight end seasons in history last year. So you know the thing with Kittle and Ertz though, they got re ridiculous amount of targets last year like yeah. it was crazy like Kelsey's targets have basically stayed the same year after year after year and a lot of his production has been consistent yeah uh as, at least with catches not not yardage like it just with times depends but like with Kittle and Ertz I feel like there's gonna be a regression by those two just because the amount of targets they got and the mm-hmm. amount of yards they put up and catches it's just like that's not sustainable. And Kittle, I don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I remember Kittle doing a bunch of long catch and yes, runs last year, yes. like these 70, 60 yard plays. He was like top five in over sixty yard plays or something like that. Like he had, he had a bunch of them. Um, and that's just not something that can sustain year after year. That that's like that's something that can regress to the mean. So you know, you know, just be wary of those two. Like don't don't. Draft them with the expectations that their numbers are going to come a little bit down. Don't expect yeah. what they did last year just because I don't think that's sustainable. I, uh, the, the place I would like to get in there for, for a tight end, I'd like to get somewhere in between Howard and Cook, for instance. So basically Howard, Ingram, Henry, or Cook. That yeah. would be a sweet spot for me, kind yeah. of to, to your point. Yeah. All right, so what else you got for tight ends? Uh, tight ends, that's all I got for value. Oh, so like for, uh, for, for risky picks or busts, um, just based on where he's being drafted, and I th- saw your notes, I think you might disagree with me on this. I see Vance McDonald having a, a year that's going to be not as good as where he's being drafted right now. Really? I, I, he's getting drafted, you know, in the seventh round. I think he's he's one of those guys that... You, you watch him and, and him and Jesse James are on the field at the same time last year. And, I'm, and I have Vance McDonald in my lineup. And I'm like, okay, Jesse James just caught another pass. Jesse James just caught another pass. Jesse James is gone, though. I know, and I, I, I know that. But I'm just wondering, like, how... What is Vance McDonald? Because I know he can catch passes, and I know he's caught some big ones. But I wonder if he almost gets caught into that mix where they're just... They're using him more as a tight end positionally, you know, to block a little bit, to do these things. And I just think he's too much of a tight end. I like the, I like the tight ends that are more of a receiver. Than a tight end. And I just get worried that Vance gets caught in between sometimes. So I picked Vance as my sleeper. So this is where we disagree. And the the main reason is 160 targets are gone with Antonio Brown gone. Yeah. So that means there's 160 targets to split up. And it's not all going to go to Juju. 
That's true. Um, the second receiver is like what James Washington or Dante Moncrief. Yeah. Like so they're gonna Washington, pick up some probably. I feel like Vance McDonald just by like not even like through no like I'm gonna say no fault which is the wrong term but like like he doesn't have to do anything and he's gonna soak up more targets right just because Brown's gone. And that's, that's why fair. I did that because last yeah. year he had like forty catches. I could see him getting like sixty-five catches this year. And and what I see happening there is that I expect someone else to emerge and Vance to just be what he has been oh, for, okay. for his whole career. That's the more likely scenario I would envision. Fair enough. Fair enough. And do you? So that's the risky. Do you got any like that, that was, uh, breakout you know stars? Or uh, breakouts. I still think uh, you Herndon. know what the same one I went with Herndon. I think okay. he's going to be the breakout guy once he gets back there. I think he is going to be one of the guys that people are looking to in the future. The guy I want to draft, honestly, if I can get him not too late. Although they got a lot of weapons there now. But I loved O.J. Howard last year. He was a guy that I watched. I don't know why I watched so many Tampa Bay games last year. But when I, every every time I watched him, he's getting like, oh, they're on the goal line. And he's getting passed to on the goal line. Yep. He's doing these little sweeps in behind and getting passed to on the goal line. Like, they're using him. And with, he's scoring touchdowns. With Bruce Arians as your uh, as your offensive coordinator, uh, co- or head coach and yeah. offensive coordinator, basically play caller, yeah. uh, they're going to pass the ball a ton Absolutely. Of Absolutely. Uh, my bust for tight ends, Eric Ebron. He scored 14 TDs last year. There's no way he does that again. <laughs> I would agree. Especially with... And then... I wrote this list uh, before Andrew Luck got yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, um, and that would have been a fair assessment before that, too. Uh, and I, I figured he was going to regress just because with Jack Doyle coming back, it just, there's so many mouths to feed. Yeah. That, that's it. So, well, and Ebron's going like round 10 now. So yeah. that has come down because I, I remember seeing somewhere he was going in the seventh round. Uh, at the beginning of August, which I thought was just batshit crazy. Basically, people are on to him. They're, yeah. they're, they are they're expect the same thing you expect. Yeah. All right. On to wide receiver. Wide receiver. You want to do value pick first here? Sure. I should have organized them the same as you did. It would have been easier. <laughs> uh, value pick. For what I think, for a guy that's not going very high in a lot of drafts, I'm just going to pull up the wide receivers here. Um, somebody that I like that I'm not seeing him on here, so this makes a lot of sense. So number, so a guy that I think that can be higher than his draft potential is Marvin Jones on Detroit. Oh, you think so? Hey? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. in limited action last year, he actually did really well. I think he had about 900 yards receiving last year, and I'm pretty sure he only played about 12 games or something in, in that range there. I also expect Kenny Galladay, who he's been a stud the last couple seasons. But I expect him to regress a little bit as well, too, there. I just I, I didn't like what I saw from him last year. It, of course, it have, could have something to do with the with the Detroit offensive line being so bad. And then Matt Stafford was dinged up, too. But I do expect Marvin Jones, he's, he seems to catch a lot of touchdowns. I remember having Kenny Galladay on my team and then watching Marvin Jones catch a bunch of balls that was really pissing me <laughs> off. So I, I think he is still a guy that can get it done. Uh, I like him. And I think Matt Stafford's going to have a bit of a bounce-back season, too. Uh, my sleeper uh, was D.D. Westbrook. Yeah, that's a good um, one. And he might not be a sleeper anymore because he's, fly- he's, not he's anymore. flying up the draft. Like when I when I started when we started putting this together and everything, like he was going in the ninth round, and now I'm looking his average value the last whatever is now at the seventh round. Right. So he's climbed up. Everyone knows he's a sleeper. I'm obviously not telling you anything you don't know. <laughs> um, but what I like about it is I think Foles is a more competent QB than Blake Bortles, um, and He's going to, I think, Westbrook can move everywhere in the formation. He can play He can play outside. He can play the slot. And I think that um, and the offensive coordinator, uh, DiFilippo, yeah. loves to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that's just going to benefit him. And as is reflected in his uh, average draft position, which is in the seventh round. Yeah, I think I, I agree with that one for sure. He was a big waiver wire pickup last year and really didn't do much after he was picked up. And now he's had that time with the team. They got Foles in there who has been throwing to him in the preseason. So I would agree with that for sure. Uh, I do have one more for the, for the sleepers as well, sure. too, that I think he's just getting drafted a little bit low. And this is on a team I don't like at all, but Sterling Shepard, I feel, is being drafted a little bit low for a guy who's essentially going to be the number one wide receiver if, for the Giants. I mean, yeah. I, I don't like that team, but he, someone's going to be catching some balls. He's one of those guys, though, because you can get him quite late. Yes. And Golden Tate is suspended for the first four games. Mm-hmm. So you could, like, in a in a pinch, you could have Sterling Shepard for four games. Yeah. Like, if, if I, I don't know if any other receivers are suspended and you need to, like, kind of bridge the gap. Yeah. But it, in a pinch, it's not bad. For sure. Um, I, well, you're looking for opportunity at these times, too, right? I mean, yeah. it doesn't have to be the perfect scenario where you're like, oh, I love this team's offense. Yeah. But, I mean... I'd like to see if Daniel Jones could maybe get the start there and see really what happens, but I know it's going to be Eli. But I think even with Eli, I still think that uh, I still think that Sterling, Sterling Shepard's being drafted a little bit low as far as his ADP goes. You said it perfectly. It's opportunity. Yeah, that's what you're drafting. You're like uh, always look at like like what their their timeshare is going to be as a running back or or their snap counts and stuff like that. Because if they're on the field, they have more chances to succeed for you. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. So always, always look at opportunity. Um, uh, Cause that you can't really go wrong with that. Uh, what do you got for your risky? Uh, my risky, which one? Roger Seaver. Oh yeah. We talked about that earlier. Kenny Galladay. Okay. I, I think, I think for where he's Double going down on the lions. Yeah. No, I, I just, I want to go, I want to go opposite directions on both those guys. And I, I like Galladay a lot, but I just, I didn't like what I saw from him last year. He's currently going in the fifth round. Number two is his average uh, ADP here. And I just think I see a bit of a regression by him. Uh, I took Robert Woods. Uh-huh. Um, Cooper Cup is coming back, and he was on fire before he got hurt. And Robert Woods took off after he got hurt. I like. Him. I don't think yeah. I don't think Cup coming back is going to affect Cooks all that much because Cooks is a deep threat. Yeah. Where Woods does really well in the intermediate game, mm-hmm. and Cup is a great slot receiver, and Goff loves him. Yeah. So right now, Woods is going in the fourth round. Actually, all three fucking Rams receivers are going like <laughs> like it's Cooks 404, Woods 408, and then Cup 501. Well, that kind of um, speaks to what you're saying. Nobody like nobody really. Everyone kind of is thinking along the same lines. Like Cooks going to get his, but then Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are going to. It doesn't really. Yeah. Doesn't really know. I think Robert Woods is going to be like he's still going to get his stuff, but you're drafting him in the fourth round. You're expecting uh, who else going in the fourth? Like. Julian Edelman's going in the fourth. Tyler Lockett, who's the number one option on his team. Chris Godwin, who might yeah. is a really nice option in Tampa Bay right now. Diggs had like ninety some catches last year, so like you're drafting him in the in that range, and you're expecting that production. I just don't think it's going to be there. And he's going to be he's at the age where he's on the downcline part of his career as well, too. Yeah. Uh, so my strategy it just depends on where you pick in the first round. If you're picking between like six and ten. Mm-hmm. You might want to get a top-end receiver like a Devontae Adams or Julio Jones or uh, a DeAndre Hopkins in there because you think the, the top four backs are going one yep. through four. It depends on what happens at five. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously the top four backs, uh, depending if he signs too, but it would be Barkley, McCaffrey, Zeke, and Kamara. Yeah. Right? Um, if David Johnson goes fifth, then DeAndre slips to you. Like, mm-hmm. it's one of those things. And then coming back around... Uh, 
especially in redraft where you do the, the snake draft, yeah. you could probably pair it up with another stud receiver like a Juju. Yeah. And that, and then in the third or fourth rounds, you can chase running backs. For sure. That's an interesting way to go about it. But if you're drafting top four, running back all the way, don't yeah. don't overthink this. Uh, it's at the end of the first round, then you can kind of think and play. I, I would be happy if I was drafting in a league and say I had the fifth or sixth pick and those running backs went and I got the opportunity to to go with the DeAndre Hopkins or a Devontae Adams. I'd be happy to take either one of those guys yep. and come back around yep. and see what happens. And that's not to say that I like I'm a big fan of Nick Chubb. I'm a Nick Chubb owner, so I'm a big fan of his. He's going really high. He would kind of be a, a running back in that area. James Conner, Lev Bell. But if I was redrafting, I'd be happy to go with a DeAndre Hopkins or, or Adams in that position. All right, on to running backs. Running backs. Uh, you, I'll start with value picks again because that's what I've been doing. So these are guys. And when I say that too, I'm talking about guys that you know. This is going to be something that you can find them later, and they might be good. And got, Out, outperform their average draft exactly. Position. So yes. in, I, I mean, this this is almost to the point where it's not one of these anymore because people have been talking about it a lot lately. But I go with a guy like Matt Breida from San Francisco. And, okay. And the reason I say that too is Tevin Coleman. Like we know what Tevin Coleman is, but. You know, I, I like the fact that Matt Breida, you can't keep this guy out of the field. And that's kind of frustrating as an owner last year when you had him because he's constantly got these injuries that he's playing through. But then he gets on the field and he rips off these 60-yard runs and he's tough as nails and he can block. So I see him actually coming in, stealing some some, some playing time from Tevin Coleman. Jarek McKinnon is gone right now. Like, they don't know when he's coming back. His knee, like, yeah. he, he got cleared and then he went back on the field and he got... It, it, loomed up again and mm-hmm. now he's off again like i think I, I hate to say it like his career might be done it's like, very possible that it is uh but you're not worried because tevin coleman's coming from atlanta where kyle shanahan was the oc you don't think that there's gonna be some favoritism towards him i think there will be but i've i you know tevin coleman has never been the lead back doing That's everything true. he always freeman he had Devontae freeman and he didn't take the reins like everyone thought he would and he had the opportunity to do that as well too and Matt Breida, this is a guy who doesn't even look like he's getting drafted by a lot. You know, or he's so he's going. Sorry, he's going to eighth round. I missed him there, but yeah, he's going in the eighth round right now. So people are kind of finding out about him. But and Tevin Coleman's going in the fifth. So there definitely yeah. is value there. Yeah. Uh, my sleeper pick was Mark Ingram. He's going in the fourth round right now, and uh, it surprises me that he's going low. Like. I feel like Derrick Henry is being drafted higher than him because of those last four games. Of course. And I think it's all a mirage. Yeah. Uh, David Montgomery with Chicago with a rookie. Uh, mm. Josh Jacobs with Oakland, a rookie. You just never know. Um, especially like with Montgomery. Tariq Cohen's there. Right. Like he's not going to get three down work. Yeah. Um, Josh Jacobs is supposed to get three down work, but it is the Raiders. Who knows how their offense is going to be. Mark Ingram is on a team that's going to run the ball a ton. Yes, he is. And like I was saying before, opportunity. If you're looking for a guy that yeah. you can find, like if you, I was saying before, if you're drafting between six and ten, and you do that double wide receiver stack, yeah, man, you could probably get like Chris Carson in the third, and then fucking Mark Ingram in the fourth. Yeah, like suddenly you got two workhorse backs yeah. to go with your two top flight receivers, God. and your team's looking good. I like Carson a lot. Like you know, I, I thought, he, yeah, and he's Carson has yeah. has eclipsed Rashad Petty. Like yeah. Carson's going to get the majority of the work as long as he's healthy. Like, and this is all as long as they're healthy, of course. Of course. Yeah, well, that's, that's everything. Um, but Ingram really could, uh, intrigues me just because of how much they're going to run the ball. Nice. So I do have another one, too, for, for running backs as well, too. And I think this could be to the detriment of uh, uh, 
Philip Lindsay, pardon me. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think Royce Freeman's going to have more of a role in that offense this year. I did see flashes from yep. him last year. Well, he was hurt for a lot yeah. of last year, and that's why Lindsay got the job. Yeah, but I saw a lot. I, he kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, on Johnson last year. I saw a lot of big runs where they got outside and just started rumbling, and they couldn't take him down. He's a much different runner than Philip Lindsay, so I think both of them are going to get touches, and I could see Royce Freeman taking over a little bit uh, in that situation as well, too. And someone personally that I'm just looking at really closely is uh, Alexander Matheson from from, uh, from Minnesota. From Minnesota. Yep. And the reason being is that I'm a Dalvin Cook owner. And uh, he's drafted high. People have a lot of high expectations yep. for Dalvin Cook. And I'm slightly nervous. And Well, and Cook's been hurt. Yeah. And, and that's the big reason. Yeah. Um, uh, it's tough. It depends on the size of your bench. It just it's it's tough to roster a guy that may not get playing time for the first few weeks. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So you you gotta you gotta really know how like you obviously know how big your roster is. Can you yeah. roster this guy? Um, and I th- I think the strategy generally is you gotta take running backs early because um, the three down backs or the guys that get the majority of the workload are so few and far between, you yes. got to jump on them. Where receivers, you can get lots. Yep. You know, there's the few studs, but then the rest of them, it all just kind of jumbles together, so. Yeah, yeah, and there's, people are talking about, like, doing a, a, a no running back draft strategy and things like that, and I guess it's fun to try, but I just don't see it being, <laughs> uh, working out. <laughs> and then try to trade later? Yeah, go ahead. I remember I tried that one year, I, uh, running backs just didn't land to me, so I tried to get receivers, and then I was like, well, then I'm just going to try to deal. Yeah. Well, the problem is, is that receivers are a dime a dozen, mm-hmm. and you're not going to get a running back, and it hooped my whole year, so yeah. I will not make that mistake again. Uh, who is your risky guy? For running backs? Yes. Oh, man, I got a couple high picks here, and this is purely based on where they're drafted. I think David Johnson's being drafted too high, and I and I, you know what? I just want to check one more here, because this is, might have changed since the last time I checked. Okay, I'll leave, I'm going to leave Todd Gurley out. I had Todd Gurley in at first, but right now he's going in the first round with the 12th pick. So he's almost going at the beginning of the second a round. A lot of ones I've seen, yeah. he's been going in the second round. I think that's fair for, for all the worry. Yeah, but and in David that case, Johnson, I would be fine. But David Johnson being as high as he is, that's uh, that's high for me. I've, I've owned him before. I traded him. And uh, he has he's barely shown anything since I traded him, and that was about a year ago. And he's still got this high ranking, and I'm not sure why. It's it's um he was my second pick for bust. I went with Le'Veon Bell for myself, which I'll yeah. explain in a minute. But with David Johnson, what it's the hype train. It's yeah. this Cliff Kingsbury air raid offense, and they're like, oh my god, he's gonna go back to. Uh, he hasn't been good for for uh, two seasons, three seasons now, because there was three seasons ago, and then two seasons ago was was he got broken wrist and yeah. then last year yes it was not his fault um the offensive coordinator was the dumbest man in the history for of sure. the world for sure um but he he hasn't played well for or he hasn't he hasn't done anything for two years so we're banking on three years ago david johnson to return to those levels in this new offense with a rookie quarterback and the roster isn't that good it's not like they yeah. It's not like they, they cratered that one year and they brought in the stud running back and they still That's got right. talent around him. Right. Like this this is not a good offense. And, and I, I just don't understand why why he's being 
I, I think he should be drafted at the end of the first round, early second round. I think he should be where Gurley is. I agree. And that, uh, 100% that their offensive coordinator was was not doing him any favors last year, but I still watched him quite a bit. And he was, you know, he's still, they're, they're trying to give him the ball from time to time. They're not force-feeding it to him. But when he does get the ball, he doesn't look explosive. Yeah, he's not, he wasn't catching the ball at all. I heard they're going to try to improve that. But I, I heard that all last year too. And the way he's being drafted, like the fifth, the fifth running back off the board, I would take Chubb above him. I would take Connor above him. I would take Gurley above him. I would take Nick's, Mixon above him. Like yep. I would probably take Carson above him, honestly. Yep, yep. I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, I had a feeling you might pick David Johnson, so I went Lev Bell. And oh. it's not – like, I'm not saying he's going to crater. What I'm saying is don't expect 2,000-yard season. Why not? Between running – because – the he Steelers, catches balls. He runs, he, Jesse. Don't he, you? Haven't you heard this? Listen, listen. He's a stud. The problem is, is his new team isn't as good as his old team. That's right. Yeah. And the line isn't as good. And he's got a running style, very patient. And it worked with the Steelers because they could block for so long to they, give him that yeah. room. The Jets line is not as good. Right. So is he going to be able to create what he did with the Steelers? I have my doubts about it. He goes from Ben Roethlisberger throwing him the ball to Sam Darnold. Now Sam Darnold is going to be good eventually. He's improving. But he's still he's in his second year, and yeah. we've all heard about the sophomore slump. Yeah, you know, I just if if I I could see him like like people are drafting him in the what are they taking him here like one oh eight, yeah, you know, and and at one oh eight you're expecting between rushing and receiving you're probably expecting eighteen hundred yards I yeah. would I would think, and you're probably expecting over ten touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I think he might not have that not have the touchdowns. He might have close to the yards. He might have like sixteen hundred yards. Yeah, I, that kind of thing, yeah. and maybe maybe he only gets like six or seven touchdowns. Like it's just so up in the air with him because you don't know how the year off know. has affected him. You don't know how being in a new situation is going to affect him. I mean, Adam Gase has not been good with his running backs in the in the and past. That, but that, that scares me too yeah. because then it, so he, he, Gase wins the power battle, gets the gets the GM fired, yeah. and he basically says, "I never would have spent the money on Lev Bell." Well, that's. Right. That's not good to hear. It's not what you want like, to hear. Like, as a fantasy owner, you're like, okay, so what are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and by the way, the Jets' new uniforms suck. Yeah. Just, I just wanted to throw that in there. I, I, I'm a big uniform guy. They suck. It's fine if you want to look like the Saskatchewan Rough Riders of the Canadian Football League. And look awful as that. Like, it's not <laughs> even as good as the Riders' jerseys. It's just so weird. So I, dumb. I, they I, had a perfect jersey. They went back to the retro jerseys with the striping on the sleeves. It looked classy. It was clean. It was good. And yeah. then they went and they're like, we want to be New Age or something. And I'm just like, what are you doing? You had it. <laughs> you fucked it up. New uh, Age is never good. And speaking of jerseys, those player uniforms in MLB this past weekend were the most god-awful things I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they're worse than last year's, and I didn't think that was possible. Well, how do you... They have an all-white uniform, so now they're making them wear a black hat, and it just looks ridiculous. They, yeah, because they, they have to be able to see the ball coming out of their... Oh, it's just yeah, stupid. Wonderful. Anyways. Yeah, maybe don't do stupid uniforms. But. That's right. All right, and we're going to end it off with quarterbacks. Quarterbacks. So a sleeper quarterback. I got two here. Um, one of them, let me just pull it up and see where these guys are going here. And I mean, I don't know how much of a sleeper it is when it's a quarterback, and I'm talking about the 15th ranked quarterback. But I think Jameis Winston is going to have a bounce back season. Um, yep. we, we talked about it earlier. Based on that new coaching staff, um, I, I think some of his immaturity 
maybe behind him. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that for a fact. I saw him get a golf ball hit off his head this offseason, so <laughs> that, that, that may not be exactly fact, but I do believe he's matured. I like the coaching situation he's in. Um, I saw an over-under for touchdowns for him, and it was set at over 28, and I think it was about 5-1 to one or, or maybe even 6 or 7-1 to one on that. I'm like, I think that's good money. I think he could have a season where he puts up some big numbers. Um, his big thing, he's always had the arm. He's always, he's always put up the yards. His yeah. big thing is interceptions. Right. Uh, that's what, that's what's killed him year in, year out. Yeah. If Arians can rein him in. That's true. Uh, and he's done great work with a lot of quarterbacks. He was there with Luck. Right. He was there with Peyton. Yeah. He, um, he had Carson Palmer at the end not, of his career. Not Peyton, sorry. He was there with Roethlisberger. He had Carson Palmer. Like, right. he's done very good work with quarterbacks. Yeah. So... I, I think that's a really good bet. My sleeper, I went with Josh Allen. Oh, nice. Buffalo quarterback. I like Josh Allen. He's going in the 13th round, and I think that's just tremendous value for what he gives you because um, they've improved their line, and they've improved their wide receivers since last year. He's got a cannon of an arm. Mm-hmm. So as long as the accuracy has gotten better, which I'm, I'm hearing in camp it has, like it's not like... It's not like uh, like Pat Mahomes' accuracy right, here, yeah. but it's it's gotten better. And he was pretty damn good at running the ball last That's year. That's exactly too, wasn't it. it? Like yeah. you're drafting a guy that that does a little bit of both. Where if you like, if you look at the other running quarterbacks, um, just running down like Russell Wilson, uh, your seventh round value. It, it, that's okay, but I bet you you can get a, like a wide receiver in there that could probably give you more right, value at yeah. that stage. Kyler Murray, I wouldn't touch just because rookies are so tough. Who knows? I know. Cam Newton uh, coming back from a shoulder injury. I don't think he's going to run the same. I don't think they can they can get him to run the same because they're going to put him in injury injuries. He's currently nursing a foot injury as well, yeah. too, which is going to cut into his running, although apparently he's going to be back for week one. And Lamar Jackson, uh, I don't think he's going to run the ball as much, and he doesn't have the throwing threat. A threat. Uh, but Josh Allen does. Yep. So that that is just like something later in the draft that, like, you know, you, you missed out on, on that run of quarterbacks between, like, Baker and Drew. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just like, okay, I'll just wait then. Man, you just made you just made a good point because I've been I've been also high on Lamar Jackson this offseason. Like I was debating between putting him in in for this pick as well too. And you might have a good point there that Josh Allen might give you, you know, if he rushes the ball more, he could give you very similar numbers with maybe better throwing options there. And you're getting him in the thirteenth round compared to with Lamar going in the ninth. Right. Right. Like, and my my only question would be is if Lamar Jackson continues to run the ball like he did last year, that could change things as well too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, and the good thing, too, with Josh Allen, he plays the Jets and Dolphins twice. So nice. that's four games yes. there. And he also plays the Bengals, Giants, Titans, and Redskins oh, this season. Oh, that's nice. Now, he they, they do to play the Steelers and the Patriots, so there are tough yeah. defenses in there. Yeah. So it might be something like you get Josh Allen and maybe you pair him up with um, like a Jimmy Garoppolo or something like that. I don't know. Right. Uh, depends on your bench. I don't situation. like Jimmy G this year. He has looked terrible so far. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. He needs Kirk, to go- Kirk Cousins is a guy, though. If he starts throwing, I know they're kind of a run-first offense. That guy can throw the ball. You know, I know they run first, but he'll still throw for close to four thousand yards. Everyone yeah. hates on him. He's not a bad quarterback. He's a he's a good passing quarterback. He's he, he is a system quarterback though, right. and I think he's in a system that that works to his strengths. But he got the blame for a lot of stuff last year, which he shouldn't have. And he's got two really good wide receivers in yes. Thielen and Diggs. Yes, and two tight ends now. He's got Rudolph right. and Irv Smith. Like he's got right. guys, and Dalvin Cook can catch in the backfield. He's got weapons. Kyle Rudolph has not turned into what people thought he was going to turn into. People talked about him catching like you know double digit um, touchdowns every yeah. year, and he has yeah, not no. turned into that he's guy. He's more at all. to me. He's more Jason Witten. 
Like he's yeah. just reliable. He'll but Jason, get... Jason Witten could catch a ton of balls. He doesn't. This guy doesn't catch nearly as many. Okay, balls so as Jason, Jason Witten towards the end. Right. Okay. That, yeah. Fair sorry, enough. That, yeah. That's not, not Jason Witten in his prime, but towards the end where Witten at the end of the year you'd look and he'd have sixty catches for yeah. uh, like six hundred yards and he'd have four touchdowns and it was just like week in week out he was giving you yeah. eight points and you're like well, okay well it's but that's, that's what can happen to tight ends sometimes they solid. just have to play football and they don't get to catch balls. Um. So obviously Josh Allen, that plays into my strategy too. Wait on a QB value yeah. to be found later. Obviously, if you get a chance at Mahomes, and it, depending on how the draft board, you know. But Mahomes, don't draft him. Think he's going to throw for fifty touchdowns. No quarterback has thrown for fifty touchdowns back to back years. Yeah, I would agree. Right, like just if he does, great. But don't expect it because it's just it's so tough to do. It's one of those things. Just based on the math, it's it's. It feels like there's going to be a regression because yeah. just because his initial number was so damn high, like he's getting picked in the second round, which is uh, a little bit nuts for a quarterback. But yep, he had I one of the best that. had one of the best seasons ever, so I can't blame him. Uh, who's your risky? Um, risky. risky. I think it's time. This probably isn't that risky when you talk about his age, but I think it's time that Tom starts to depreciate a little bit quicker. Yes. Um, I, I know he didn't put up massive numbers last year. He didn't have a great fantasy wise. Yeah. He did not have a great season. Yeah. No. I, I do think they're going to try. They ran the ball pretty well last year. I think they're going to use Sony Michelle a lot. Hopefully his knees hold up. Yeah. Oh, and they drafted the Damian Harris. They're going to yeah. run the ball a ton. Yeah. It's going to go back to. Do you remember when Tom Brady started and he had Corey Dillon? Yes. It's going back to that way. I think. Yeah. It, like, it, like it, his whole yeah. career has been cyclical. Or a whole circle. I agree. And you know what's so funny, too, is people are talking about the zip he's had on the ball in the preseason. So, I mean, I know the guy is a freak, and he works out crazy, oh, yeah. and he, he could have a great season. But I see now, I'm, it's one of those things you've been saying it for like three or four years. But I'm going to call it this year. This year. This is the year. It's the end of the Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Watch them go win the goddamn Super Bowl again. Oh, they very well could. But I don't care. Tom's on his way now. Uh, fantasy wise, for sure. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, my pick, and it's it's not a bust because he's he's going in the eleventh round. But Dak Prescott, I wouldn't draft him until you know what's happening with Zeke or right. even touch him because he's a better quarterback with Zeke on the field. Yes. Without Zeke, he's not gonna he's not gonna put up what he did in the past. Uh, and it surprises me that Jerry Jones doesn't know that. Yeah. And won't sign Zeke. Yeah. Like, and also, also Dax asking for forty million a season. Like, come yeah, on! Yeah, uh, it's just I. Out of the two of them, I'm paying. I'm to be quite honest, I'm paying Zeke. Because yeah. Zeke, even though running backs are being devalued because you know you could do it uh, with multiple guys, but I think Zeke's one of those guys that. Yeah. At least for the next four years, you could pay him big money, and he will give you production. And I like Dak too because I, I like what he does. He's pretty accurate. He's made some good decisions. He can run the ball a little bit. But as far as fantasy goes, I don't think he's he's great for fantasy. He was better at the second half of the last season than he was at the first. I actually drafted him with one of my last picks last year and immediately dropped him and picked up Jared Goff, and that was a that worked out well in the end. And but Prescott, you, it's just you don't know being such a run heavy offense. And maybe this does change with if Zeke's not there for day one. Maybe this does change. But I still think they're going to be run heavy. They'll give it to Pollard. That's their style. They don't. And they don't like they have Amari Cooper, but it's not like the receiving core is great. Like they went out and got yeah. Randall Cobb, but yeah. the, he's on in the twilight of his career. And Cooper's had uh, plantar fasciitis issues. Yeah. And you know what? Cooper will do just enough to break your heart, that motherfucker. <laughs> God, he was good when he got traded last when, year. When, 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 but when he like he'll give you those games, and yeah. you're just like, oh my God, here it comes. Yeah. And then he'll disappear. 
I was, uh, and it's going to happen again. Yeah, I was a proud owner of him for his first couple of years in Oakland, and it looked really, really stellar for a little bit there, and then it fell right off the map. And yep. then when he went to Dallas, it looked like it was stellar again. He was a wide receiver one. Plug him in. Yeah, and you know, it just that's just been his career. And you know, you look at where Dak's being drafted. You can get Cousins after him. Uh, Trubisky is interesting. Uh, even go down the list, you can get uh, in the 14th round, you can get, uh, get Nick Foles, Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr. Yeah. You know, like... I hope to have somebody before I have to draft any of those guys. You, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, like to me, the Bucks stop. Like, like Josh Allen is ranked 20th. That's yeah. where it, it stops. Garoppolo, Darnold, Foles, Stafford, and Carr, I wouldn't I wouldn't touch. For but sure. Josh yeah. Allen would be, like, where the, the Bucks start, or yeah. stops. For yeah, me. absolutely. So, I'm with you, too. Because, yeah, I could see myself... I could see myself. I, I'm not totally comfortable with Mitch Trubisky. He could have some great games, but I think he's a little bit inconsistent he, as a fantasy quarterback. He had that one game last year where he threw for six touchdowns, and yeah. it's like, oh my god, he's going to do it. And then he went out the next yeah. week and threw two picks and no touchdowns. So, right. He's a he's a young guy. That's he's a young the way guy. He's learning. I um, could squint and see my my team having Kirk Cousins as their starter. I wouldn't love it. I'd be happier to get up there closer to the Jameis Winston, Lamar Jackson, Philip Rivers picks. Kyler Murray, like I said, I'm not interested, or like you said, because I'm not interested because I don't guys know who's like, going to be. Guys yet. like Roethlisberger and Rivers um, and Drew Brees, though they worry me just because of their age. And and we already talked about Brady, but like it happens to everybody that mm-hmm. they hit hit a wall and it's done. Right, it happened to Peyton Manning. It happens to everybody. So it's like with those guys, I'm always, I'm kind of worried about drafting them just because yeah. what what if the season is the wall? Who did you name there? Philip Rivers, Tom Rivers, Brady? Yeah. Roethlisberger, right, yeah. and Drew Brees. Right, and so and Drew Brees is being drafted in the seventh round. He's up there. Um, I think that's overpaying for him because they're going to run the ball even at, like with Kamara. Like I don't think he's going to put up. Uh, his 4,000 yards again. No. Like, he didn't put it up last year. He just finished just short, but he didn't play the last game. Yeah, that's right. But, um... And I would say, I would, to, just to your point there, I would say if you're in that neighborhood and you're, you got, you're in those Breeze, you know, Rivers, Roethlisberger, I would, I would rather go for a guy like Russell Wilson in that spot instead. Yes. Or even like a Jared Goff, who definitely is a system QB, but he plays the system well. Well, they had they had a lot of offensive plays last year, and he was really good for a stretch yeah. there. Close to the end of the season, he wasn't as good, but he was really good. Well, that's when Gurley got hurt. So if Gurley's right. healthy yeah. and that, that offense is humming. God, remember that game between the Rams and the Chiefs? I think it was a Thursday night or a Yeah, Monday. it was like 51 to 45. What my a great... Goodness. Oh, my God. Both quarterbacks had me, over 500 yards rushing. It gave me rushing. dreams of the Super Bowl. Oh, and and stupid... Ford can't line up on side. God. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to have football back. Yes, it's back next week, next Thursday. It's uh, eight days away. They open up with Green Bay against Chicago. I been, believe it's in Chicago. Been going I, through I might be wrong about gambling that. Gambling with, I mean, football withdrawals. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's been our episode this week. Next week, we are going to bring you our NFL preview. So we're going to give you what, how we think it's going to finish and what the playoffs are going to look like. Uh, maybe we'll do MVP offensive, sure. defensive, maybe. Yeah, um, Jared Cook. <laughs> it's in a brand new situation now. Jared Cook will break your fucking heart. <laughs> just by the way, he does it to everybody. Um, and we will have uh, Mike's picks are coming back next. Oh, they're yes. digging to the numbers here, he's gonna, and uh, he's gonna he's gonna bring them back because we got NFL, baby. He's gonna earn you some money, and plus, I owe you money if you were listening last year. <laughs> so it's the payback. That's what we're gonna call this season: the payback. <laughs> have a good night, everybody. See you next week.